You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Um, Today's a bit of a controversial one. I won't lie to you. I know that these can either go down one way or another, but I think it's something that's really important to talk about. And that's why having better boundaries will make you more successful. Now, that's a posh title to mean that I believe the customer is not always right, even though we've been told that the customer is always right. And I know that's a funny thing to say, but I'm going to tell you as we go through this episode why I believe this is an important thing to think about. And I'm bringing on someone today, I have a guest, you'll be excited to know, who I have a joint mastermind with, and we work closely in other areas of our workplace too. She's one of the people I'm closest to in business. And she's been talking about this topic a lot on social media at the moment. And we've been talking about it to each other as well. So we thought we'd share our conversations with you guys. And that's Abigail Horn. Abigail is the CEO of Authors & Co, which is an amazing publishing company. She's done many other things in her career, but she's been an entrepreneur from a really, really young age. And so she's seen a lot of the whole, the customer is always right mentality and the no smoke without fire mentality, which we'll talk about as well. So welcome to the podcast, Abby. I I couldn't be more excited to be doing a podcast than this one because as you've seen from social media this week I have absolutely let rip on this topic because something has to change something has to change and that's not like you is it because you generally stay away from controversy from drama and that kind of thing so for you to actually talk about this on social media made me realize that it's something you feel really strongly about Yeah. And I knew that because my audience know that I'm not one for posting something for the sake of dramatics, I knew that they would take what I'd got to say seriously because I don't do it very often. So when I do, it's because I really, really feel like something needs to change imminently. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I do want to say, having you in my mastermind and being a real, it has been like having a real joint mastermind this year, which has been great for me because a lot of the things that have happened to me in business, when clients have acted in certain ways, you've got to remember, I'm kind of new to business. It's only been four years. And so when things have happened to me in business, when people have acted in a, a really not very nice way, whether that's in the mastermind or in any of my other programs, I've often thought, well, this is just normal. This must be just what happens to all entrepreneurs, because I wouldn't know any different. And then having you being able to be in there and go, this is really bad. Like, she shouldn't be treating you like this, or this isn't right. Your boundaries aren't there. If this is being allowed to happen, we need to sort this out has been brilliant for me because it just takes a weight off your shoulders when someone else can see the things that are going on. And I think that's because one of the things that often happens to me is when a client is upset with a decision that I make in business, or I put down boundaries, they often go straight onto social media and tell the world how bad I am in whatever way they want to do it. And there's obviously, obviously there's this thing that people think all the time, which is, well, there's no smoke without fire. And this happens to Lisa quite a lot. So some of these things must be true. And so having you being there, seeing what's the reality of the situation from the other side has made me feel a lot better. For me, 
it has been the reality of seeing that people don't just take to social media and exaggerate or twist the truth. People take to social media and outright lie. And I think that has been such a lesson for me to see this year that people actually can go that far. And it's been heartbreaking to see because of all the people that I've ever worked with, you deserve it the least. You're so honest, so kind, so giving. And the moment you just say, you know what, enough is enough. Like you, you've had everything and more and then some people just can, can turn. And it's been horrible to see. It's been horrible. And seeing it from the inside is such, such a different angle than the other people get to see it from because they think that there's two versions of the truth person A, person B, and then this version in the middle. And actually this can just be the truth and a lie. And, and that's been so visible to me this year. Yeah. And let's talk about boundaries in general, because I think I've bought some of it on myself. Like if we're completely honest about it, as a CEO, I like to look at where I could be better at certain things in my business. And one of the things I've never been brilliant at is boundaries. And how that normally manifests itself for me is I will, something will happen in in my business. So let's say there's somebody in the mastermind and they're not acting in a way that I think is in integrity, whether it's to poach clients, whether it's to, you know, whether they're triangulating. I don't know whether you guys have heard that word. I came across it recently, but it's where one person then tries to make another person in the mastermind think badly of the mastermind or of any program and does that to a few people so that they, you know, they validate their own feelings, whatever they're feeling about, about whatever program they're in. And that happens quite a lot. And I've been a member of masterminds where I've seen other people try and do that with me, try and pull me in. I just didn't know there was a word for it. But if I have seen something in my masterminds going forward, like in the past, I've often, if I'm honest, just ignored it or gone, oh, well, I'm sure they are going through something at the moment to be doing that. Or, well, maybe if I, you know, just have a word with them, it will stop. And then when it doesn't stop, I won't really do anything. I'll just wait for the mastermind to be over so that they will go away. (laughs) And I realized this year that that's not the right thing to do. You know, I've been learning a lot more about boundaries And I think sometimes as business owners, we can be really scared to put those boundaries in place because of the repercussions that might happen. But I've seen you have really good boundaries. Um, My operations manager, Zoe, has amazing boundaries. And I've been in a couple of masterminds now where they have great boundaries, where if someone's acting up, they were just like, no, this is not okay. You're going against the contract or the code of conduct or whatever they have. This is what's going to happen. And so for the first time this year, I decided to be that person that says, no, this isn't okay. And it, you know, you could say it backfired on me massively. There was like, they went straight to social media as people always do just to lie about things that I had said or done. One of the things that people always love to do when they disagree with my decisions on social media is to call me a bully because I work for anti-bullying charities. That's like the thing that they know will get to me. And so that's what happens. So does this mean actually we shouldn't be putting in boundaries or, you know, do we take what comes after doing it? I think because of the nature that lots of people that follow us both are newer in business and they look to leaders like us to set an example, I think we've got an obligation to be setting boundaries because 
people taking to social media and, and telling mistruths is one element of it. But the other element, and this is where I had to very quickly put boundaries in place, is the financial costs to not holding boundaries within your business. So when I look back over the last sort of 18 months, before I started to really firm up my boundaries, maybe six months ago, the loss to my company was about £30,000 in extra work that we'd ended up delivering by people saying that they wouldn't leave a good review if we didn't do things that they hadn't paid for or the opposite, they would leave a bad review even if we'd done everything, you know, right. Lots of other things, just pushing and pushing and pushing for extras. And all of those extras cost time because of the nature of my work. Lots of people are paid. And when I look at £30,000 that could be sitting in my bank account, in the company, or it could have been bonuses to my staff, or it could be sitting with a charity, or it could be sitting anywhere where it shouldn't have been, it's lost to clients because I couldn't hold my boundaries tight enough. Now, it's only because that my company has got decent cash flow that I've been able to go through that, review it and go, this isn't happening anymore. But for some smaller businesses, that could close somebody's company. And that's the reality. Yeah, massively. And and one of the things that I've also put in place this year is exactly that about not losing money. We have people sometimes that sign up for a program and then they say, oh, I'm really sorry, I, I can't afford to pay it anymore, for instance. And one of the things I used to do is say, oh, you know, they'd tell me why they can't afford to, like maybe they're getting divorced or, you know, they've lost a job or whatever. And I would always take it as truth and say, okay, no, I understand. So don't worry about paying it. And this year, and last year, actually, we decided not to do that anymore and instead to have a policy in place so that everyone's treated the same, no matter what they say. And that's caused issues because when people have come to me and said, oh, I can't afford it anymore. And it's 12, we we often let people pay 12 months for a a three month program, which people always told me not to do. And I always wanted to do because I want to make it as accessible as possible. But people stop paying when they've got the information. And when we've said, well, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to pay it. In the contract, it says that you have to pay it all if you stop a payment. The first thing that people have done is, well, I'm going to go online and tell everyone you have no integrity and that you force people to pay even when you have the money. And for me, at first, that was really scary because, you know, I don't want people to be going online saying bad things about me, and especially integrity. Integrity is a big thing. But actually, what I realized is integrity is honoring my own boundaries integrity is saying no this is the policy and what's good enough for one is good enough for all we're not going to pick and choose we're going to always follow what we do in this business and integrity is paying your bills as well so we changed everything and actually even though it's meant you know more people have been writing on social media and and been calling me every name under the sun on email I do feel stronger about it I do feel better that we have asserted our boundaries because I don't feel I can teach boundaries to others if I'm not following through myself? I think the most unfair thing about this is that somebody can so quickly take to social media to discuss the business owner just holding their boundaries and respecting their own contracts. But where is the outlet for the business owner to go anywhere and say, this customer is a problematic person like avoid at all costs. And in one one of my posts this week, one of my friends actually commented something really interesting. And it's that this is what she loves eBay for this two-way feedback. They get to rate you as a seller. You get to rate them as the buyer. And I can totally see why something like that has been put in place. Because where do we actually get to rate customers? Because I can't be the only one that's had some shockers in the last year. Like I cannot be the only one. 
And I literally see those people signing up to work with friends, with colleagues, and my heart is aching thinking, oh my goodness, I know that they are such a problematic person. But because of client confidentiality, because of not being an overdramatic person online, you just sort of have to sit there quietly. Well, where's the fairness in that? It's really tricky. And not just the fairness to us, but the fairness to our peers. Yeah. Um, the same where people have stopped paying me, saying they can't afford it, and then have signed up with somebody that's a good friend of mine for their program. Yeah. And, the, you know, you want to say to them, oof, careful, like she'll stop paying. And you know that that's probably going to happen. And, and looking back, it has happened to them as well. But because of client confidentiality, because of GDPR and things like that, we don't have a database that we can pass around between us saying, you know, this isn't somebody that acted in integrity when I worked with them. And it is a problem because there seems to be a sort of, I mean, it's a strong word, but there is definitely a blackmail element in if you don't do every single thing that a client wants, whether they've paid for it or not. For instance, there's no one-to-one in some of my programs, but sometimes people come to me and say, well, I want a chat with you for 20 minutes. And I'll go, well, there's no one-to-one with the program. Well, if you can't, you know, I've paid for a program, you should give me one-to-one. There's no one-to-one with the program. That's not what you've paid for. Well, I'll just go straight. If you don't give it to me, I'll just go straight onto social media and I'll tell all my friends never to sign up to any of your things. And to me, that's blackmail. It's awful and it's so easily done, which is what's so unfair. And this is why I've started talking about it because I suppose, is there a risk to me where people think, well, is she bad-mouthing customers? Maybe. And, and I've not ever done it before, but I feel like I've been personally through so much this year and I've witnessed so much happen with you that I've had to sort of draw a line under it and say, enough is enough. We have got an obligation, not just as a business owner to show up in integrity, but as a customer, like be the customer that you would want to have in your own business. And it's it's not just about, you know, being careful what you say and, and acting in a nice way to other people. It's about paying your invoices on time. Why wouldn't you pay your invoices on time? Show up and be that person that you would want to have as a customer, because it, it's not fair. It's not fair that business owners should see that their bills aren't being paid, that their, their invoices aren't being paid, yet somebody that should be paying them is then shouting out about the 20 other things that they've invested in this yeah. month. And that does and, happen. And you can't say anything because you're trying to be confidential. You're not going to comment on their post and say, oh, but you owe me money because you, you're trying to not expose them as even being a client is yours because you're being confidential. But there's something so wrong with that. There's something so, so wrong with that. Yeah. And it's why the customer isn't always right. And that's happened as well with, I don't know whether this is just me, but people that I've gone over and above for. So people I've given maybe a free course for because they weren't making money at the time, or I've collaborated with or or helped in some way. For instance, I I collaborated with a business owner on, you know, they did a certain thing and I wanted to show support for them. So bought quite a lot of products so that I could you know, so that people would think I'm using them. Sometimes I have a bit of influence, so other people use them as well. And, you know, those people end up sometimes being the ones that hurt the most when they decide, actually, they don't like a business decision you've made, or or actually they want to sell something that's a bit like yours. So they're going to use you and the publicity of you to badmouth you to sell their own stuff. That can be really hurtful when you've given things gone above and beyond but I will admit to you 
the ones that I've had the most problems with, the clients are the ones that I've gone above and beyond, that I haven't stuck to the boundaries of, I haven't stuck to the contract, I've done a bit more, I've given more. And I wonder if there's something in that, that are we training people by giving more than we've contracted to? It's so interesting. It's so interesting because when I look at how my own processes have evolved from the very first clients that I took on in publishing four years ago to the clients that I take on now, the service is uncomparable. So we used to do a lot, lot less because we weren't able to do the things that we're able to do now. And everyone was so happy and so grateful and everyone, it like the, the, the customers were blissful. Everything was so great. And now the fact we can offer more and more and more has actually meant that people want to take more and more and more. And we actually get more situations now where people are like, I just don't feel like this is enough, even though it's more than we have ever offered and more than most publishers offer. And you and I really, really struggled to get my head around that. And we had a team meeting about it maybe two weeks ago where we looked at this standard of the books that went out four years ago and how happy people were. And the standard of the books that go out now, which are comparable to any of the major publishing houses out there. Yet now people will say, I just don't know if I'm happy. Not many, but before we had none. Yeah. Same, interestingly, when we first did our one-to-many programme, one of the things I always used to say is we've never had a bad review. We've never had somebody say that it wasn't brilliant. That was one of the things we we're really proud of. We didn't give, we didn't give a sales funnel then or anything. We, it was literally just a very simple six weeks course. The price is the same now as it was then. And now we give bonuses like sales funnels and, and we give them lead magnets and we give OTM University and we do all of this extra stuff. And it's only now this year that we're starting to get complaints that it's not enough and that they want more. And actually, why can't we also do their sales page for them? And actually, for the same price, they want us to, you know, sometimes run their entire businesses. And, you know, that never used to happen. So it does make me wonder whether if you give more and more, people then expect even more than that because you're giving as much as you are. And we're, we're really lucky in that we're talking about, we've had over 2,500 clients in the last year, and I'm talking about less than one handful, which I know is brilliant. And I know I'm really, really lucky to only have sort of like around four or five people that complain about our services when we've got 2,500. But even that makes me think, why does that happen? Is it something that the industry is doing where we're giving too much and we need to pare it back? Or is it that we just have to know that in our businesses, we're always going to have a percentage of people that won't be happy no matter what you do? I think there is a thing. I think that some people won't be happy regardless. But like you, I've really tried to dissect why in three years, we've never had a situation at all, like nothing but happy customers. And then in the last 12 months, I've had three really, really difficult people that I've worked with. and, And I've had to ask, why have these people come now when we slicker than ever, they're having more than ever. We haven't put the prices up. It's the same price as it was before, but we're just giving more and more and more. The standard of what we're putting out there is the best it's ever been. Yet this year is where people have pushed and pushed and pushed for more than is in those packages. And that's... What's interesting about that is that we've both had this situation and we've obviously spoken to other business owners that are our friends who have had the same this year as well, especially in 2021 and the back end of 2020. 
is it something to do with people's general feelings of the world during a pandemic? I can only say, I hope so, because I'd look at my own company and think, I can't do anything any differently to make these people happier. Therefore, I just don't know where to go next with that because we've done everything and then some. So I hope, to be honest, that it's something to do with the pandemic because there isn't anything tangible I can go in and fix, if you know what I mean. So let's talk about what happens when people do go onto social media. And I've had a load of these recently, as you've seen, with the same person. Well, people, there are two people that are constantly going on social media. And without saying my name, they're talking about me. Someone put recently, oh, I was bullied by a narcissist who is an anti-bullying campaigner. And everybody knew that that was, you know, I'm the only anti-bullying campaigner in this space, in our world. And so everybody was like, oh, we know who you're talking about there. One of the things that used to worry me, even to, to quite recently, is that if somebody continues to put on post after post about you, even when they don't mention you, do people believe it? Do people then, does it ruin your reputation? Or do people actually not take it in as truth? And I interestingly had some conversations only last week with some people who said to me, you know, I've seen this person just keep putting post after post about you on. And I asked them, I said, tell me the truth. What does it make you think? Does it make you think I'm always involved in drama? Does it make you think, well, there's no smoke without fire, which was my worry because, you know, there's a couple of people doing it at the moment. And they, all three people separately said, oh no, we think that when people write something like that about someone else, there's a bad energy there. You know, why are they doing that? We always have to think about, you know, the agenda of why somebody would write that, which actually made me feel a million times better because it means that contrary to what I believe, people don't take it as read everything they read on the internet. Yeah. And I think it's addressing back to as well, who is your ideal client or friend that you would want in your circles and in your life? Because I, for one, wouldn't read those posts and think anything other than, oh my God, I'm going to avoid them like the plague. <laughs> like, the person that's writing them. Yeah, yeah. So because I'm such an anti-popcorn person, there's no part of me that wants to give any time or energy to getting the popcorn out, sitting there and watching drama unfold online. I can't think of anything less entertaining to do with me date. So low vibe. I think straight away when I see stuff like that, wow, they are just not my people. And it's not that you can't complain online. It's not that you can't, you know, try and wrong right. It, sorry, right some wrongs that are online. But there's a way of doing it where you don't need to be nasty. There doesn't need to be anger. It doesn't need to be emotion filled. And it, it, it can just be a sensible way of putting information out there. So straight away when you see the, you know, the spewing of venom, I just have to immediately unfollow those people or remove them or or I have sort of a mental note of I won't definitely won't be working with those people. It's sort of an, an immediate thing that goes off. So I happen to believe that because I'm that way inclined, that lots of people out there will see these posts and they won't think, oh, there's no smoke without fire. They'll just think, what's the agenda? What is this person trying to do? Because we see through it because we've been around longer or we've had it happen to us. Lots of different reasons. I do think you're right. And interestingly, I've had two things happen where one person, well, actually quite a few people say this these days, have said to me that the only reason they even know about me is because somebody was bad mouthing, was saying something and they thought, hmm, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to go and 
go and find this person and see what she's really like and have. And they're, they're in my world like three years later, which is amazing that actually, you know, it has the opposite effect of possibly what that person wanted to do by bad by saying anything bad, any kind of gossip about me. It's actually sent people to me. But I think that the second thing is it's made me more brave, I suppose, in sticking to these boundaries because if people are going to do stuff and going to say stuff about you anyway, no matter what you do, whether you do good or whether you don't do good, then you may as well stick to your boundaries because you're never going to please everybody all the time. You're always going to have to make some business decisions that people won't like. Like I made a business decision recently to stop a collaboration with another brand. Of course, they're not going to like that. But their first port of call, whereas I wouldn't think my first thing to do is to go online and write about it, their first port of call was to do that, which I found interesting because it just made me think, well, if anybody's going to write anything on the internet, whatever you do, and some of them can be false. You know, I've had a lot of Google reviews that are completely false. So we went through that and talked about that in another episode, actually. So then you may as well do the things that you really want to and have the boundaries that you really want to in your business because it's not going to make a difference anyway. I think, I don't want to sound patronising to anyone because I I really don't want to come across like that at all, but I think sometimes it just highlights that maybe these businesses aren't that well developed because if we've got a situation going on, it will be addressed within the team. It might have to be addressed with solicitors. You know, it'll be addressed in an appropriate business manner around a boardroom, so to speak, it won't be addressed on social media because that's not where I'm going to get my advice because I'm a CEO of a company. Like, when do you see the CEO of, say, Tesco having a bad day and popping on Facebook all the awful customers that have been in that day and, and what? how should he be dealing with them? Like, it wouldn't happen because they're established businesses. So I just tend to think that when people do that, it's just because they're not established yet and they're just trying to feel the way into what becoming a bigger business looks like. And they just haven't realized that's probably not the best answer yet. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. They just, and yeah, we've been there. I've been there in my first six months of business where if something has frustrated me, talked about this before, I've put it online. What's frustrating me? These days we don't, we do exactly what you said. And we just go legal because that's more important to do. But an interesting happened to me recently where I was complaining to one of my coaches about how, you know, I do seem to attract this drama where if people, if one of my clients doesn't like something I'm doing, or if they're just a little bit jealous of what's happening with me, and I've had clients that are jealous of me as well, which is weird. They've told me, you know, I'm envious of what you have. When they then go and write posts on social media, I was like, what shall I do about this? And I used to defend myself on social media. And this coach said to me, be careful because there's a known tactic here. I was like, what do you mean? She said, there's a known tactic where if you have a big audience and you talk to that audience about truthful things a lot of the time, then they know that if they pick a fight with you or they goad you in somewhere on social media while they're launching, you'll talk about it. There, then your audience will go and follow this person to see what else she might be saying about you. And then suddenly they have a bigger audience of all of your people and you've done it to yourself. And I had no clue this was a tactic. And someone told me about it. And I was like, this can't be a real thing. 
like no one can think that strategically like they're clever if they do I can't believe this can be a thing and so I started to watch and every single time in 2021 someone has put some nasty thing out on social media either about my mastermind or about me or you know anything to do with me they've been launching every time I wouldn't have believed you no offense if I hadn't have seen it with my own eyes because like you I hear that and I think that cannot possibly be a thing. It cannot be a thing. But I've seen it this year on more than one occasion with you and it's been really, really eye-opening. It's true. That's all I can say on it. It's true. I mean, if they could use, that's a great strategy. Let's just be honest there. That's going to work because I do tell my clients about everything that's happening in Wind Down Friday in GSD. And so if I mentioned the person, they would all go and follow that person. That's going to work. And so if they put that kind of strategy because that's a strategic brain to think like that. So if they're going to use a tactic like that, imagine if they use that strategy for good. Imagine what amazing business they would have if they use that strategy to grow their audience in a good way. Just thinking about which really big name people I can go and pick an argument with. for the next. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Oi>, Brenna. <laughs> no, I think people would think I'd gone nuts if I started doing stuff like that. But I think for both of us, it's been an eye-opening year and I think we have to trust that people do see through this stuff that I think we have an obligation actually when we see stuff to ask ourselves if this was happening to me wouldn't I want a fair trial wouldn't I want people to be only making decisions on me based on their personal experience of me or based on facts or based on you know what they know about me to be true And I think because I always ask myself that question, well, if this was happening to me, wouldn't I want a fair trial? I then choose not to exacerbate these social media posts. I don't comment on them. I don't get involved in them. I don't give any energy to them. I certainly don't give any algorithm to them if that's a thing that I don't understand, but I certainly don't get involved in any of that. And I think that's because that's what I would want. I wouldn't want somebody to read something about me and immediately go, oh my gosh, that's must be true so I don't behave like that and I think we have an obligation to ask ourselves if you wouldn't want that to happen to you why are you behaving any differently than that on other people's posts yeah and I think there are echo chambers so people write something knowing they need validation so if someone was to write something about somebody whether they use their name or not they want the validation from their from the rest of social media to go, oh, that sounds awful. Poor you. They sound like a horrible person. All of those kind of things. And because we're in an echo chamber of people that love us, we're going to get that. We're going to get all of those people agreeing with you. But what I realized really early on in the first year of my business is that somebody wrote something about me really maliciously. And all of these people, like hundreds of people like, oh, she sounds awful, name and shame her, all of these kind of things. And I was on the receiving end of it. And when I decided to out myself as the person they were talking about. All of those people came to me and said, really sorry. If I'd known it was you that they were talking about, I would never have written anything on that post. And it made me realize that if you don't know who it is that they're writing about, you definitely shouldn't write on the post. Echo chamber or not, you know, that's still going to hurt the person that's reading it, even if you don't know who it is. So I've made a big decision, like in that first year, that if anyone ever writes anything about anyone, I'm never applying on it. I'm never, never going to be that person that's adding. That's what I do. And if you know that person and if you care about that person and you genuinely do want to know if they're okay, you can pop them a message and ask them if they're all right without exacerbating a post. 
because you don't know if what they're saying is factual, but you can still check in and see if they're okay. So no one is saying don't show support to people who may be going through something. But I would never be the person that allows, you know, the inflaming of these sorts of posts because I wouldn't want it done against me. It has been done to me. It has been done to me and it's not nice. It's not a nice feeling, especially when you know, not necessarily that the other person's wrong and you are right, but just a miscommunication is, is created, you know, something out of nothing. You know, I, I wouldn't want that, so I certainly wouldn't add to it. No. And so, in reality, like, coming to the how we make sure that we do have our boundaries in place and that, you know, if we're honest about it, we're going we're gonna to make a decision to ignore what reputation may be out there because of what people are saying and instead stick to our boundaries because that's the obligation, that's more important. How do we keep those boundaries in check? I think the best way is to automate your business processes, have a process that you go through rather than just deciding what will happen on a given day if somebody says something or somebody complains. You know, if somebody can't pay, you know, what is the process? Is it written down? Do you have standard operating procedures written somewhere? You know, seeing yourself as a CEO going, okay, this person has said they can no longer pay. What option do we go to next? Do we offer them a payment plan that's longer? If they say no to that, do we then go legal? If somebody complains and says they're going to put something on social media, what is the operating procedure for that? Are we going to take that or are we going to mean that we're going to tell them, be careful, slander could be involved here? You know, there's lots of different things we can do, but I think that the best thing we can do is have procedures so that the same thing is being done every time. I think for me, especially the one where I've come up against a lot of um, expecting more than has been paid for, that's been the biggest sort of thing I've dealt with in the last 12 months. Um, A member of my team will literally just go back to them with their exact contract um, where we list out the services that we are going to provide and say, has anything changed since you signed this contract or you're now saying that you require more? It's no problem if if you do, we can send you a separate invoice for the bits that you now saying that you need on top. So it's not a we're not doing any more for you. You haven't paid for this. We don't go in at that approach. We just show people what they've paid for. And if they require more, that's no problem. We can deliver more, but they're going to pay for more because that's the boundary. Which is great. And even you saying that shows that you have a procedure in yeah. place of yeah. what happens when this happens now. And I think that each time something happens in your businesses, you need, you know, if it's likely to happen again, get the procedure in place so that you're not, you know, every time something comes in, I think if I know in the first year of my business, if a complaint came in or if somebody wanted more or if something was to happen, I would take it personally. I wouldn't see it as there's my business and I'm the CEO sitting over here of that business. That business was me. And so I would feel emotionally attached and, you know, write an email back. What's definitely changed in my business is me seeing myself as the CEO, which was last week's topic or it could have been the week before. So it's very much now I see it as I'm the CEO a complaint has come into the business. What action do I have to take as the CEO to start the procedure off that we deal with this thing? And that's made everything much easier because I don't feel the attachment, the emotional attachment I would have done. Yeah. And the thing is, I can honestly say you're going to find it a lot harder if you haven't got certain things in place. For example, having that initial contract to go back to that says, this is the agreement that we've made between us. So it's funny, isn't it? Because the word 
contract gets mentioned and people go all like cold and think oh it's getting legal and that contract for me it's not anything like that should feel bad to them or to me it's it's an agreement that says you know what we are going to deliver this to you with all of our hearts and soul but don't expect anything other than what we've said that we're going to deliver this is so you can be sure of all the things that you're going to get so th- this is you know we're not talking about not delivering what's in there this is about when you people have had what's in there and then still want more and more but if you've got nothing written down you're on a sticky wicket before you've even started oh yeah definitely i always have contracts in place have scope of works in place but also have policies and procedures about when things sometimes go wrong what will happen then and never write back to anything on a hot head. Like, you know, put it away for a bit. Get, get somebody else to answer it. If it can't be you, if you're too emotionally attached, you're never going to deal with things in the right way anyway. Brilliant. Abby, thank you for being here. It's been a really interesting conversation. And I know that it will. this conversation will continue on because I think people are starting to realise that this whole this kind of threat of a bad review policy can't continue to happen because business owners are finding it harder and harder to just keep everybody happy, whether they are wrong or right. But I want to know from you guys in the comments or over in my Facebook group, the Fabulous 5%, there's a thread in there right now. I want to know from you, do you think the customer is always right? Or what can we do to make sure that we keep strong to our boundaries? And how important is that to you? And I will see you next week for another episode. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.